I think there's a lot of work to be done. That was a quote from Bob Bradley at his introductory press conference back in November. And I don't think any of us expected him to do this much work on the Toronto FC roster, um, which will look completely different uh, ahead of this month's opening day. I'm Mitchell Tierney, and ahead on this week's show, we'll talk Josie, we'll talk Seba, we'll talk Arrow, we'll talk Jimenez and Lawrence, as well as the roster continues a large, large overhaul. We'll also be joined by Tagwa Moyo of Derby Magazine to chat being pitched side for Canada, USA, some TFC as well, sports photography, and plenty more, I'm sure. But first, Jeffrey Pinesker, Michael Singh, what's up, boys? <laughs> what a day, boys. What a day. Just coasting on a vibe, man. Work, you know, Canada soccer right now is just such a vibe. It's absolutely fantastic. Uh, I mean, and now and now we get to get super excited about, about a new look, an entirely new look TFC, and try not to panic that maybe they're <laughs> going to open the season with like maybe five rostered players, but uh, you know, <laughs> that seems to be the consensus right now, Jeff is there's only yeah, five yeah. rostered players on, on Toronto FC, but I mean, I've been on, I've been on camera all morning, but I did get some new gadgets, which I'm very excited about that to dive into after this show. Nice. Um, just a lot going on with me right now, positive and in general, with Toronto FC, there's a lot going around with the Reds right now as they're in Austin, Texas. Of course, just starting their second part of their uh, training camp, and they're down a, a lot of guys that... Um, <laughs> I mean, I think there's most of them we expected not to be there, but then there's also a few surprises I'm sure we'll get into uh, shortly. Um, but yeah, guys, how you how are you guys doing today? Yeah, I mean, uh, like you said, a, a lot going on as as always on this show. So, yeah, looking forward to talking to Tag. Looking forward to to getting into uh, getting a bunch into of it because yeah. there's been a lot of surprises, man. I mean, the first mm. first three things on our rundown, I think, are are, are monumental surprises, right? Uh, um, I don't know if we want to go in order, but you know. Uh, you, you you look at Taylor Twelman, who's who's sort of piggybacked on 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 this news, saying you know that this deal's been in been in the works for a while. Um, that's news to me. This we're of course we're talking about uh, Josie Altador to the New England Revolution. Um, I was surprised, uh, shocked actually. One that that it's a that he's going to a team in MLS. Uh, um, I mean, maybe I shouldn't have been so surprised because it it is what he knows best and he has been here for a while and it is bruce arena he's re he's reuniting with uh probably the winningest coach that he played with under the u.s men's national team um but the move itself and then the length of the move if we're to believe the rumors i mean it's a it's another three-year deal for josie who's probably got the best agent in all of sporting <laughs> so uh yeah like uh, it you know that that was a shock and a surprise yeah let's uh let's put it in context here obviously the plenty of reports since the start of the offseason for I mean, for most of this year, the Josie Altador will be bought out. Uh, but now the revelation uh, started with Mark Stein. The revelation yeah. <laughs> to the revolution. The revolution to the revolution. <laughs> um, <laughs> that uh, <laughs> that uh, Josie Altador is in talks to sign a three-year deal with the Revs, provided um, he can come to an agreement on a buyout with Toronto FC. I mean, 
maybe the biggest takeaway for me here, just to to bundle the the two biggest stories probably from this week for TFC is the fact that in some weird roundabout way, Seba and Josie are leaving Toronto FC together. It's just <laughs> really not how we expected it to happen. And it's a, yep. it's a bit of a weird one. You never know with those two. You absolutely never know with those two. It's just, it's always chaos. So yeah. Let's go. Let's go one at a time. So yeah, we should. Mm-hmm. Still, yeah. The Josie Altador, um, as you mentioned, reports are that he will be bought out from Toronto FC. Um, that's what I'm hearing as well is that they are going to be finalizing that buy up with Josie Altador before the start of the season. Of course, getting that salary relief uh, been a long time coming. As I reported, honestly, it feels like an eternity ago. But TFC made the decision a long time ago that Josie Altador wouldn't be back with the team as a designated player. Um, of course, they got to dot some T's or could dot some T's, dot some I's, cross some T's um, in order to get that done. And, and it seems like it's it's right around the corner now. So keep an eye out for um, an official announcement, like I said, before the start of the season, which is like two weeks away, which is crazy. But one interesting thing I want to touch on, and I think it's worth mentioning, is there are reports out there from really credible sources that Josie Altador's contract doesn't run until 2022. There's reports that his contract runs 2022 to 2023. He has wow. two more guaranteed years left on his, his salary. That would explain but, some things. But that would. But what I'm confused about and really scratching my head is I looked back at the announcement by TFC and on the press release, it, sa- it said he's verbatim. He signed a three-year contract extension through 2022 yeah so there's there's a disconnect there um you know Fabrizio reported he has two years left Jeff Carlisle reported he had two years left of guaranteed salary on on his deal and that to me just it doesn't add up but it also makes sense as to why TFC want to get out of that contract um even more so uh if they does have two years left because obviously they're trying to turn a corner here now Josie did the New England Revolution I don't know how I feel about it. Like on the one hand, <laughs> I'm petrified because yeah, yeah. you know Josie Altador, he's going to come back with the chip the on his shoulder, yeah, and yeah, yeah. he's going to be playing in a system where he doesn't necessarily have to be the guy. He doesn't have to be the the starting number nine. Of course, they have Buxa there and uh, Gustavo Bo, who are very good in their own right and are going to be starting for that team. So if Josie turns into that super sub in which we've always wanted to see here at Toronto FC, if he does that for Bruce Arena in New England, of course, New England just won the Supporters' Shield and Major League Soccer there. So they have a very, very good squad. Watch out, man. I wouldn't be surprised if Josie resurges and gets 10 to 15 goals next season if he plays a, a certain role. Yeah. I mean... Yeah. Let book books is on his way out, right? Let's 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 you know, yet, call a spade though. a spade. Mm-hmm. The the rumors are is that he's not long for this for this league. So this could be a CCL play for for the union. Um, you know, get him in that Elcino kind of sorry, sorry, in the in that Elcino kind of role. And then when Buxa goes, maybe hopefully, you know, Josie can step up and, and sort of and eat his minutes. But I mean not a bad you know, CCL let's not, play. Let's not bury the lead. It's not a bad CCL play. Let's let let let's not bury the lead here. Um, they play on one of the worst surfaces in the history of of humankind. Yep. Uh, and and Josie's not so good on turf. So, you know, some a part of that calculation has to include um, your home ground is like 
is his kryptonite and he's not exactly been healthy for the last little while so there's a there's a lot here i mean you know it is a bit mls shenanigans that you know if we if we instigate the buyout we can't be really crying over spilt milk that he's signing for tam somewhere else and and it will hurt you know if he accepts that super sub role at new england and he was so aghast about it here it'll hurt um it probably won't be a, a huge surprise but through a three-year deal, I mean, have they been paying attention? I, I love the man, but they they've been paying attention, right? Like it just it just seems so such a I mean, more power to them if they're willing to take the risk. But Bradley Wright Phillips didn't get a three-year deal to go play uh, to go uh, apply his trade at uh, at the Columbus Crew when they were coming off an MLS Cup championship. So once again, you know, my hat's off to Josie's agent because he seems to be able to get just the, the best deals for his clients. It's, it's quite unbelievable. Well, maybe they were able to get him at a lower ticket if they guaranteed three years. Like that would probably, that's probably part of it. Like we'll see, we'll see what the salary numbers are before mm-hmm. you know, the three-year deal looks as up and down as, as obviously yeah, right yeah. now it looks on, on paper. I mean, we all probably would have agreed you know, signing Josie to a three-year deal, and obviously it seems like it's a five-year deal now, but signing him to a three-year deal back in 2019 wouldn't have been the best decision. So in 2021, signing Josie Alcador to a three-year deal looks kind of crazy. But yeah, I mean, it's it's a really interesting situation. Not a bad fit for him on, on paper, but like you said, on pitch... Maybe this is like reverse DDA Drogba. Maybe he's only going to play away games because he won't be be able to or won't want to play on the surf. But yeah. Also, who's going to tell Mitch it's 2022 now? Who's who's going to tell him? (laughs) It's okay. (laughs) What is time anymore? But yeah, it just, it it boggles the mind. I mean, I mean, more power to him. Uh, I've I've said it on the show about as many times as I can count. I do not expect Josie Althador to be the person to, to call time on his career. This is a man that has grown up uh, from adolescence in professional soccer. I don't think it's in his his wheelhouse to do that. His body's either going to break down or someone else has to tell him. So, um, you know, more power to him for 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 putting putting another uh, uh, putting in the in the forward perspective of a very long runway for his career to to wind down. Um, yeah, yeah, it's sad. And and like Matthew's saying, he's I'm scared to death for his return to Toronto because uh, hell hath no fury like a Josie who believes that they were scorned. And uh, I think uh, we might be in for a few uh, a few trolls to the south end, unfortunately. Yeah, well, yeah, speaking we'll of... See. Sorry, go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say, just wrapping this up, we'll see what his contract actually looks like. But mm-hmm. I mean, I would have taken Josie Alter at Toronto FC for under allocation money this year. I think that the big, biggest gripe is is the three-year term, especially playing on, on turf in New England. But we'll see how it plays out. And regardless, just want to... I don't want us to just be ripping on Josie this whole segment. Like Josie's a TFC, TFC legend. legend. No, yeah, yeah. Um, no, that's certainly. I not, hope. Uh, I don't think that's what has been done, but yeah. yeah. No, but I hope that we, not us personally, but Toronto FC, find a way to pay tribute to what Josie has done and, and set him off in a proper way. Like regardless of that, he's going to a competitor in Major League Soccer. Um, this is a guy who could potentially have a statue outside Mayfield Field when everything's yep. said and done. Like I said, mm-hmm. s- soccer in. Toronto, I'd say even Canada wouldn't be where it is without Josie Altador right now. One hundred percent played a significant role in that, and he's a huge part of TFC's legacy. So um, we'll see kind of how this plays out. I wish him all the best, and hey, if he's succeeding, I'm not going to be salty about it because this was the right time for both parties to move on. I think we can all agree that it didn't work out the last couple of years for both parties. So 
if a change of scenery is what Josie Alter needs to get going, let, let's see how this plays out. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then, yeah. you know, to flip the to flip the coin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, a, a player who we won't be seeing back at Toronto FC in any capacity next year, whether that's uh, playing against the Reds or unless they have some really weird midseason schedule or midseason friendly schedule like they never do anymore. Um, Sebastian <laughs> Javinko. On his way to Sampdoria. Oh, this... Mitch, hold on. I wouldn't. Ooh. I wouldn't jump that far in saying you won't see him for sure at Toronto FC for this season. Mm. What we can say mm. is we won't see Sebastian Javinko for the rest of the Serie A season. Ooh, I just want, let's well, leave that's it at an that. Interesting one. That's let's leave an it interesting at that. One. All right, that's a. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so. Uh... I mean, are we going to leave it at that, or can I can I sort of set the table here a little bit? Because I said let's one... leave it at that, Jeffrey. Okay, no, let's leave it at that. We're done. We're done. Um, moving on, moving on to the uh, well. The only thing I will say is that Seba is replacing a striker that recently went out for an injury. Right? That's that's public yeah. knowledge. I can't. Yeah, no, can't we can pronounce talk about his name. Why he's why we think yeah. he's making the move. Um, but actually, why don't we break tag on to talk about this? Because I see. Our boy waiting okay. there in the wings, and let's. Sure. I want to get Tag's take on Sebastian Javinko. Tago, what's going on, brother? I'm chilling. Thanks for having me. I've been pestering <laughs> Mitch about getting my call to the show, so I'm happy. Nice. Josie and Josie and Seb talk are on my episode. That's, that's <laughs> nice. Nice. Long, long overdue, man. Long got overdue. a pretty good episode to, to pull up to. Honestly, <laughs> um, no, but I'm happy to be here. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's get your thoughts then off the top on on what we've yeah. been discussing and, and introduce yeah. you as well. This is Tugwell Moyo um, from Darby Magazine and the Darby Cast. Gotta gotta give him his proper flowers there. There's the there's the hoodie. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. I should wear mine. I forgot to. Um, but yeah, just your thoughts on on. Let's start with Josie. Like your thoughts on Josie's potential move to New England and what his legacy is with Toronto FC. Because obviously, you know, this is a guy who scored on some of the biggest games in Toronto FC history and but also the last couple of years have been pretty complicated for their own reasons as well yeah no I'm I feel like I'm a rare breed of TFC fans because in both regards I can just answer it in one way I'm happy both of them well now Mike dropped a mic bomb or he and then <laughs> here we go about Seba but I wasn't too too angry about either of them um leaving um, I'm on the token of I'm so appreciative of what they did for us. And, like, especially Josie. Josie literally had the entire soccer world saying on a wave for, like, mm-hmm. three <laughs> months, four months. Like, Seba th- did so much that brought, like, so much attention to, like, TFC and MLS that, like, yeah. now if you look at it, they're – I don't even know how old both of them are, but they're not they're not in their sunshine years anymore. Like, they're not in their good, productive years. So seeing them leave, like – I never wanted Seba to come back this time. I never did. Hmm. Um, I think that would have tainted um, kind of what he done in the past because football fans are, are are not rational. Their their sense of reality is flawed. So Seba's not, <laughs> obviously not going to have the same input as he did last time he was here. But that's what people hmm. are going to want. So, or he might, and I could be wrong, but I'm just happy about Insignia. And with Josie, again... Um, yeah, it makes no sense him going to New England, but I'm I'm happy we don't have to deal with like every like three months a Josie TFC front office beef 
that I just mm-hmm. have to hear from West Coast Montrealers <laughs> about how my team is in shambles every like three months. So that's nice. Yeah, yeah, that'll be some some relief there. You mentioned uh, Seba and kind of his legacy, and we might not be talking about Lorenzo Insigne as part of Toronto yeah. FC right now if it wasn't for the ground that Seba kind of laid in front of him 100%. as a is an Italian and that that proof of concept and it's something Bill Manning touched on in terms of yeah we they did have that proof of concept so let me ask you about Lorenzo Insigne now when you <laughs> heard about the news man like what was your reaction and what do you think he'll bring to this Toronto FC team yeah we're winning it all um that is my <laughs> mindset um, <laughs> like no I'm serious like yes it I, I still think we have a like decent amount of pieces. We got we got the center. But I think Insignia is levels. Like we've seen him in Syria, we've seen him do it in Euros, we've seen him do it, and like not like we've seen him do it like three four years ago. We seen we've seen him do it a few like a few months ago, uh, like as as recent as that. So like I I, I tag what happens when months feel like years. Like I, you know, <laughs> time, in, time, in, time is a social construct. You see, um, good answer, pal. But no, I, 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 within a little bit more realistic, I think he's gonna do a lot. Um, I think it's like you're saying, it's it's gonna have a long term effect, and I, I feel like there's gonna be now other players who are in similar situations that are gonna look at uh, Insignia and be like, oh, okay, like this, this, this is an option. Um, and I think I don't think it's going to be a cakewalk for him, but I, I do think it's going to be, he's going to put on a show and I think uh, he'll, he can carry if he needs to. And it's not like we don't have Pozuelo. It's not like we don't have Oso. It's not like we don't have guys that are still really. You couldn't like, name the rest of the TFC roster because everyone's gone. Yeah, that, that's it. That was it. That's <laughs> I want Caden because Caden Chung, that would be a fire, but like, no, I like even just those three alone. I'll take I'll take Pozuelo, Oso, and Insignia over any three in the MLS. Wow! Give me a three. Give me a three that you think would be better. Sam Piet. Sam Piet. <laughs> See, well, man, the, 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 the revolution. Said high to me he said high tag. So I like Sam now. <laughs> <laughs> but like, honestly, give me a three. And we have like Chris Mavinga and the I forget his I'm gonna butcher Carlos Salcedo. Salcedo yeah. Carlos Salcedo. Salcedo. Like, yeah. Um it's it's again, there's a lot more pieces that need to fall in place and a lot, but who who has a better three than that? Pizuelo, like, even two, like I know I'm I'm keeping Oso there because he's Canadian, but like Pizuelo <laughs> and Insignia. That's insane. Yeah, it's pretty good. worth two players, so I'm with you there. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's it it, it, it doesn't add it like MLS, MLSE, they, 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 they're like, yo, we can't afford another terrible attendance here. Let's blow the bag and every game will be sold out. I will be there during this first game. I already told MLS, I'm like, I'm shooting that first month is back. Um, so it's, it's going to be exciting. Damn right. Yeah, Jeff, you have a question. Like... Um, I mean, yeah, uh, I'll just go. Uh, you know, what, what's it been like shooting soccer in a pandemic? Man, it sucks. The amount of COVID tests <laughs> that I have had to do, like, it's bad. I used to, like, be worried about COVID tests, but now it's literally, I'm like, hey, how, like, because before every game, before every training session, um, depending on, like, who I'm shooting for, I have to get tested. Um, so that's, like, the biggest pain. 
Um, it's also was a really cool like experience that like I'm happy I was able to like be it like I shot a bunch of white caps games and I shot a, like I shot games with no fans in the crowd and it was just kind of weird, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so like that was an experience that like I'm happy I was able to document. Um, but I'm 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 very happy that like slowly things seem like they're getting back to normal and fans are there at least. Um, um, maybe being able to shoot tunnels again will be will be will be nice. But um, shooting COVID during COVID has been like an experience. But you kind of I'm just happy I was able to kind of work, you know. Yeah, yeah, true enough. Back to true it. enough. Seven what was the most pictures. difference? Go ahead, Jeff. No, I was just gonna say well, some what of the was... best pictures include like fans. Right? Yeah, like truth. I, well, truth. Nothing without them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that must yeah. be uh, tough to kind of change up your your view and everything. But yeah, go ahead, Jeff. Well, I mean, you. I mean, when you're walking around with like all your gear strapped to you, you must use the fans as cues. So when you're in like an empty stadium, you probably miss a lot of action because there's no cheering, and you're just it just sets your whole you know your whole. Uh, 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 workflow on fire but uh you know not to answer the question for you but what was that the most different thing about shooting in a pandemic or, or was it the minutiae of like you have to enter at this gate at this time and and then just leave and you know no no washrooms for you and that and that kind of stuff or um I'll, I'll, on a on a on a funny note the worst part was they stopped giving us photographers food so if anyone wants to do that um and yep. they they there was a point where they wouldn't let us go up to the where, where the fancy journalist people go and have their food um, yeah. hey, hey, hey hey come on hey come on i'm one of those fancy journalists <laughs> I know, I, that's what i'm saying i'm talking that was a sub, that was a subtweet to you and mitch um, mitch, mitch, is, mitch is just used to my stray bullets they don't even hit him anymore they're just like deflect it hurts <laughs> Um, but no, I'd say on a serious note, it wasn't that difficult because like the same, uh, like, yes, fans are very key and very important. And like, but at the, at the end of the day, it was just still shooting. I mean, it was mm-hmm. kind of a little bit better because in the one regard of, I was focused on the game the entire time. Right. I'm not right. looking at the stands. I'm not looking, you know, talking to the fans, like cheering with the fans as I, I i usually do which can lead me to miss shots i apologize for the times i miss shots for y'all um <laughs> but yeah it was just you're able to get more dialed um the backgrounds never looked as nice because there was no people um but yeah i'd say it kind of was a little bit like you could focus more and just zone in because you don't have someone yelling hey photographer yeah, <laughs> uh, that, that was me yeah. at the Canada USA game. Yeah, that was me. Yeah, every every time. Yeah. Yeah. No, I. I, I it's. I never know, but yeah, it, it's it's a cool experience again. Like I said, and I don't want to ever do it again. <laughs> Have to do it again, but um, and I, I I can also be done with getting tested every game. But yeah, no. Yeah, yeah but you, do do you think do you think that it's made you a better photographer? Um. That was a that I don't um I think so yeah because it made me kind of not rely on the fans in the back because that can like when when you're shooting at a game right um like for 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 example with Tim Hortons Field the first question that I had when I found out that it was going to twelve thousand was are there going to be twelve thousand fans mm-hmm. are there mm-hmm. going to be um fans on both sides because then I just would only shoot into the fans, you know, if yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Whereas like for, 
however many months, there was no fans. So I had to kind of re-figure out how to take engaging photos that didn't rely on the background, didn't rely on um, kind of just like the fan aspect of things. And just yeah, the yeah. So yeah, I guess it, it, it helped in that regard. Yeah. Sweet. Sweet. You, you added a question for me here, which is you, you did mention Caden Chung, who's on trial with Toronto FC. And considering you've been to a lot of Pacific games and um, you, you've seen him play a lot, what can we expect uh, from Caden? And, you know, why should Toronto FC sign him, do you think? Yeah, no, he's just a modern day like fullback. You know, he, he, he can get up and down. Um, he's not afraid to pull out of a 50 50. Um, he's creative offensively as well, uh, which is which is which is good. Um, and he's Canadian. He's Canadian, so like he, 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 he's Canadian, right? Yeah. Yeah, he is. Yeah. For a second, I was like, <laughs> that could have been the howler of the show. You got Jeff. You can't. He had like a little facial. He had a, he had a facial peak, and I yeah. was like, no, no way is he not. Canadian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I just think like it's a perfect kind of fitting, and seeing Lucas McNaughton, who also made the move from Pacific, I think that would be that's exactly what you want with the CPL, right? Um, mm-hmm. like McNaughton is 27 and getting his shout at Emil, like that's what the CPL is all about. I, I wish we, I would have tried out Mitch. Like we said, I should, mm-hmm. I could have replaced yeah. bones. Yeah. We could have been interviewing <laughs> you in a, a completely different capacity right in a now. completely different capacity. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I'm pretty sure I, again, this could be the howler of the show if I get this wrong, but I'm pretty sure Caden Chung played on that U17 Canada team that beat Marcus Rashford in England. Uh, same team with uh, Fakayo Tamori was on that team. Uh, famously, was the captain of that team. Famously, England, yeah, that yeah. England was immediately like, "Why? Why are we letting you shut down Marcus Rashford when you could be playing for us?" <laughs> yeah. Big mistake from that guy. Anyway, I'm, I'm, pretty sure, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. In the chat, fact check that game. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Ian, you're doubling me. down. You got yeah, the I'm pretty goal, sure he scored. Dude. I'm pretty sure he scored. So we'll, we'll see. <laughs> okay. I'm going to fact check this myself. But yeah, if, if one of you guys has a question, why? Well, <laughs> like, well, yeah. That's a good tidbit. Mike, do you want to ask Mitchell's question since he's on his phone? <laughs> um, No, I'm going to skip Mitchell's question because I want to know more about Tag and what you're doing. Like, you got a, a platform right now. Tell the people what you're up to because I want to learn more about what you're doing. This is guys, a former Wake in the Red photographer. He's gone on to do bigger and better things. So, Tag, what are you up to? Yeah, no, nah, I'm just, um, I've been shooting a lot. It's been, it's been good um, working um, with, with MLS and stuff. I've been focusing on Darby as well, um, which is, which is uh, mine and Mitch's publication uh, with, with AK, Ketsia, Jisoo um yeah and we've just been working on that kind of sh- spreading the community brings telling stories um and just kind of getting ready for 2026 that's really um what i'm excited about just kind of building communities highlighting people um and telling telling stories because uh y'all kind of opened my eyes to like when i was with waking the red that like the footy, footy culture and like the fan like the supporters of waking the red like i was like there's so many stories with them just like fans and people that read it and so that kind of is what what got me into it. Um, but yeah, no, I've just been shooting um, like 99% going to Costa Rica. Um, okay. I want to be okay. there. For, yeah, I I, I, I want to be there for when they qualify. So I'll be, hopefully they'll take me to Panama. <laughs> I don't want to go all the way there. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's kind of, the mag is coming very, very soon. Um, and this one, I always feel like, because this like it's kind of like a media tour. I've been on another podcast, and I was like, 
like you know when you watch a musician do an interview and they're like this is my best album yet this is literally <laughs> darby's best issue yet um so i'm like super excited about that because we were able to kind of do everything we wanted to which is tell like stories of people who a lot of people know of but then we've also been able to tell stories about kind of collegiate level players yep. and local communities um that are that local community figures that have been doing stuff so i'm excited for this one to come out um that that's what i've been doing a lot of shooting um a lot of getting texts from mitch reminding me to do stuff for darby uh, but yeah um it's it's, it's a fun time I got a yeah, question for the, said, for the two of you. No, go ahead, Mike. Sorry. I was going to say, Happy, you said the third edition will be your best edition because you can find your boy in Darby Magazine. Talk about it. Not too there. much, though. Don't talk about it too much, though. I, <laughs> I don't want to talk about it too much, but there is a, an interview that I'm sure TFC fans will pay a lot of attention to. I'm sure you guys will like that. So make sure you guys pick up that third edition of Darby whenever it does drop. Uh, written by yours truly and a lot they made it look really pretty i saw the layout of it and they made my writing look good and that's not very easy mm -hmm. to do so looking forward <laughs> to kind of seeing that finished product thank you i got a question for 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 mitch and antagua since i got wow. you both here why why a magazine why a magazine in 2022 i get asked this quite quite often when when i talk about darby and i have my own ideas but i'd like to hear it directly from the brain trust i think there's still like a lot of people have asked us that as well and asked us, why don't we do this in a digital space? But it, there's just something still about picking up a physical thing. And like, this isn't, this isn't your traditional magazine, like um, where it's coming out every month. Like this, this is almost, it's more of a book. Like, the, like the, mm -hmm. we really take the photography and the visuals super seriously. And like the quality of print needs to be all there. And obviously the, the written as well, but like this, this one is, is a visual storytelling tool and that's why we need the magazine platform because it just fits that so well tag what you said uh it's just <laughs> um, no but it's it's kind of it's it's it'll it grabs your attention right because mm -hmm. everyone has everyone has a blog uh not as good as waking well, the red but well, everyone has no nah, there's a lot of people there's a, especially like there every, everyone can kind of do but i feel like when you can actually physically hold the magazine and obviously um recently we we launched kind of our first um web kind of piece um um with in partnership with next gen um shout out to next gen and all the work they're doing out in kitchener waterloo with uh the community um but we just thought i just thought that the magazine was the best way to kind of really grab people's attention and again like mitch said it's not a magazine really it's like a book um it's it's got it's got pictures it's a picture book um, but it's also got <laughs> really amazing words um hey, that... jeff you can read it now <laughs> well i mean i mean you you hit on it and i just want to elaborate that, that you know when we're talking about like a gallery print which is what the magazine is in a sense right the quality of paper is important that you know the ability for the ink to display true color on that on that paper stock is important so that's one that's yet another point behind you know the idea of a magazine versus a, a you know a, an upload to the internet where everybody's monitor is calibrated differently etc cetera, etc cetera, ad infinitum i have a funny point though darby initially was supposed to be a storefront <laughs> mm. like when i when i first came up with the idea of darby it was um because i was in fourth year and i was like i want to do something with soccer and i was like i can't buy cleats anywhere let me open up a store 
And then <laughs> I went on Nike and Adidas and like looked at how much it costs to get like boots at wholesale and that. And I was like, all right, let's pivot to a magazine. <laughs> uh, it's expensive. Storefront properties, expensive. Um, mm-hmm. But that that still is something that we want to be doing. Um, but we we wanted to start with the magazine and kind of you can you can you can go from there, um, doing whatever. If you had that. to, you know, is it what what are the influences? Is it is it four four two? Is it Panini sticker books? Like what what yeah, sort of I'd comes into the? A lot of it is 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 Mundial four four two um eight by eight um over in america they they've okay. they inspired a lot um soccer bible but yeah like monday out and soccer bible i'd say personally because you see gaffer um because mm-hmm. they started out as magazines and then now look at them right um, right right they're able to tell stories through so many mediums and that's something that we want to be able to do um and bring a community together like no other um, yeah so yeah that's i don't know where i was going but yeah <laughs> No, no, you got it. You got it. It's 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 interesting. I mean, it, it it's great because traditional, you know, we keep hearing about traditional media dying and everything getting digitized. And yet people are still buying vinyl records like they're going out of style, myself included. And there's something to be said for the tactile experience of holding something in your hand. You know, the more the more society becomes this like disposable you know media is consumed instantly and then just disappears into the ether the more there's going to be a demand to hold something physical in your hand and, and uh you know it's nice to to be on the vanguard of that i've, I've said this to mitch i've said it to you like uh you know it, it, it's great it's wonderful it's 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 me it's meaningful it, it has a place in the in the canada soccer mosaic and doubling down on that a lot of our photos were taken on film so they have like a lot of the, it feels like you, you you open it and it doesn't seem like just like oh those pores aren't there anymore mm-hmm. like you can see like uh, that's that's one thing that we're we're keen on it's like even from visuals like we want it to like like with with the film you have to load that up and you have to like make sure everything is perfect right so it's a lot of like stuff that goes into it that that kind of doesn't really it doesn't seem important but like when you see a film photo that's like perfectly composed and whatnot. Um, it just adds to the element of the words that like we have from 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 Mike and from Mitch that we we try and kind of do. And I think like attention's uh, a big one. Like just in a general context, like the, these are stories that we consider super important and that need to mm-hmm. be told. And you can't scroll in a magazine, right? Like you can't. Nope. You can't just scroll up. You can't click exit. Like. You're sitting down, you're looking at those pages, you're taking in that information in a way that I don't think you do when you uh, on digital always. And and obviously it's it's different, but I think that's a, I think that is a key to, to the magazine format. There's a permanence to it. I mean, you know, some people are mimetic learners, some people are visual learners, some people are tactile learners. So so. You know, it, it, it's a it's a nice thing to have as a physical object. I mean, it's certainly got a pride of place on, on my bookshelf behind me and I, I'm sure everybody else. We had a uh, we had a question from the from the galley, which is uh, where does one procure a copy of Darby magazine? So I suppose now is as good a time as any to throw out the <laughs> URL for our uh, for our listeners and viewers. Yeah. Plug your stuff. <laughs> um. Uh, you can get it out on, on our website, so darbymag.com. Uh, just head to our shop, um, and we are selling a few of our issue ones. The it our our numbering system is a little confusing, um, but we have um, our last issue still up there, and um, very soon, 
um, you'll be able to get a copy of issue two, um, our third magazine, um, very soon on WMAG.com. Uh, but you can also, um, we're working to get it in, in shops um, so that oh, people sweet. can go, go pick it up. Like in Vancouver, you can pick up um, a copy for Macy's in North Van. Uh, oh, nice. And you can pick up a copy from Low Ends if you're in Windsor um, right now. So we will be expanding that within Toronto and um, Montreal, hopefully. But yeah, as of right now, the go-to place is uh, darbymag.com. Fantastic. Fantastic. Do you want to yeah. talk about soccer for a bit? <laughs> I like soccer a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Mike, do you have any more questions? Or I think we uh, will... Uh move on here just for the last because i know you gotta you gotta bounce mike yeah i gotta bounce uh just now no but i i loved what tag was saying i love what he was uh talking about and i'm excited to see kind of how not only the issue issue two i guess we'll call it the third edition but issue two um i want to see what else you're shooting man in the future because anything that you touch man has been turning <laughs> to gold i know you're doing some good work with mls i saw a little bit with canada soccer as well so i just want to see kind of where you're going where this ascension takes you and I'll be keeping a close eye, my guy. No, thank you. I do have some projects coming up, but legally I can't. But there is there is, there is oh, some okay. stuff. Out. We 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 went up mm. to KW to shoot some stuff, so there is some some fire um that, that Mitch and I cooked up together. Did you cook yeah. up Arby's? I hear they have Arby's at in Kitchener. No, I would I, I I will never go to Arby's. Oh, oh dude. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah all right we'll we'll let right, you go we just here, lost tag. arby's as a sponsor yeah yeah are they a sponsor if i'm like no, no they're not no. they should be. <laughs> i wish i was trying so hard to avoid no. the, the haller um, <laughs> mike took a such a big swig of his water yeah mitch had his disappointment <laughs> facing yeah 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 i was disappointed that you didn't like like, yeah i just ruined the bag so (laughs) (laughs) yeah but before we let you go tag uh i did realize that it was an under 20 game i did that fact check but it was caden chung and marco bustos who actually scored a 2-1 win over the england u20 so the the pacific connection there the big boys Um, making noise yeah exactly best team Uh, in vancouver but yeah, we will let you go. Make sure to check out the Darby Cast, by the way. I'm, I'm on the most recent yeah. edition, so it's a good place to uh, a good place to have some familiarity as you get your start. But they've had some amazing guests, Richie Larea. Um, Great interview. Come on, yeah, yeah. There's some awesome cat, yeah, Kamal Miller. Yeah. There's been some some really cool ones uh, over the over the years. So, oh, yeah. real quick, and um, for Black History Month, we are doing a uh, um, series called Color the Commentary where we have um, folks, folks that are working in football, whether they be athletes, photographers, fashion folks. Um, so next episode is coming out very soon. That's the Sportsnet one, right? I was waiting for you to, to tag. Oh, no, one. the Sportsnet no, one. Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did something. Like, so busy, Tag one. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> I just wasn't sure because it's not. it wasn't soccer related. So I was like, I don't know. And it's I also it's Tag one related. I haven't even posted on my socials yet because it's been busy. But yeah, no, I did a piece with um Elijah Balde. I do believe that's how you say his last name. Um, but he—I don't know—you you did the piece on him, so I'm I'm different. I just call him Elijah. I just I no, just call him Elijah. I just had to formally <laughs> say it. Um, but no, I did a piece with him, and he's actually in Beijing. He grew up. Um, he was a competitive figure skater. 
Um, he's black, which is is rare in that sport. Mm-hmm. Um, so I talked to him about kind of just like his experiences um, within that sport and kind of was able to go down to Calgary, take photos. He does backflip on ice. Um, and it is the craziest thing to see, but the most aggressive thing to hear because every time he does a backflip, his like skates like go in the yeah yeah they tear into that sucker yeah um but no it's just really cool kind of like that's what i like to do being able to like tell us kind of those type of stories and 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 stuff like that so yeah no i have that coming up and i have a bunch of stuff coming um within the next couple of weeks too um but yeah terrific can't wait to oh, see yeah, it all yeah, absolutely yeah thanks for thanks for joining us tag good Peace. to see you tag we'll yeah. see you around thanks, buddy thank you be following up with tag later today but yeah um, my goodness mike, yeah mike before you go just just so we can uh we can get uh the latest from you anything uh anything pressing you wanted to to get off uh before we before you take off or see anything pressing hmm. um see what you i already can have one mic bomb there yeah <laughs> yeah let's see what i can i can dish out here so what i'll what i'll say here is Toronto FC's roster currently stands, I believe, at around 20, officially 24. That'll get cut down to about 21 by the time they probably make some some signings from their training camp. You're looking at 24, I'm guessing. Mm-hmm. Um, so just take a look at who's on trial there with the club, and I'd expect that a couple of them um, probably do crack the first team, including someone like a Caden Chung and... Also, they have a another kid. Uh, I've, I don't even know how to pronounce his name, but the kid from the USL League one or USL mm-hmm. um, who plays as a left back, and he, I think he won like Defender of the Year last year. Um, so he's a high pedigree. Um, someone else to keep an eye on there. And uh, what I'll what I'll wrap up here and, and say is, I know a lot of people are expecting this team to take shape before. February 26th, which is their first game against FC Dallas. And I don't expect that to be the case whatsoever. There's Mm -hmm. a lot of, a lot of transactions still to be done. And I actually expect it to be a really busy summer for Toronto FC. Um, So don't get too frustrated because when I say busy summer, I mean like big things and we're not just (laughs) Lorenzo Insigne. So be ready for the summer for Toronto FC and we'll see if any of that actually comes to fruition. But right now that's the way it's shaping up and GSE have a lot of money to play with. So I know they are, they are far from finished. You also scooped, uh, I know you got to go, but, but what was the player you scooped with his Instagram post, the bet on yourself? Oh, uh, you're talking about Kobe Franklin, which is yeah, yeah, yeah. really disappointing, honestly, because Mitch and I were both talking about how high we are on this kid. Uh, 18-year-old, he played on that U-17 Canadian um, uh, 2019 team that went to Brazil. Jaden Nelson was on that team. Ralph Priestle was on that team. Uh, DeAndre Kerr was on that team. So he had a really high pedigree, and Kobe Franklin, Mm -hmm. of course, was with them. Um, And he was a right back who, I mean, he looked really good when I watched him, and he looked... Um, he definitely looked like he was ready for USL when he was playing there just as an 18 year old. And it's, it's not very often you say that as a, for a young player. So I was disappointed to see TFC not be able to get that over the line. I know he was, um, he was offered a contract to sign with the first team and, you know, tweeting out bet on yourself or putting that on Instagram. I mean, that kind of alludes to 
uh, maybe this guy unsubtle, had, had yeah. bigger plans, wasn't wasn't yeah. content with the contract. I don't know what it was, but clearly the two sides couldn't come together and uh and I guess got that across the line. Yeah, yeah, it is disappointing, but uh kudos for the scoop, man. I mean, that's what you do now. And it was <laughs> it was wonderful. It was wonderful to witness. Uh, especially considering that that outside backs are such a point in need for TFC right now. Mm-hmm. It's almost doubly disappointing. But uh yeah, I mean Do you need a you need a bounce mic or yeah, I'm gonna head out, guys. But All right. Have a good rest of the show. Right. Lots to talk about. Yeah, and yeah. stay tuned because I'll have some tidbits from talking to Bob Bradley. Awesome, fantastic. Good. Yeah, yeah. Texas, bit, if anything Mark. crazy happens, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's the, just the two of us left. Uh, it's been a while. It's been a while. Uh, it's yeah. been a while, Mitch. What are we? Yeah. What are we gonna do? Where Where are we gonna go next? I mean, we we've taken, we we've done the Josmer, we've done yeah. the Seba. Um, do we do we break Tej's heart and talk about uh, Oro Junior? Mr. Well, Mr. Two tattoos. The uh, the rights of Arby's for a little bit here first. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, I do think we can talk about. Yeah, Sorrow, yeah, because that yeah. is the certainly one that came again. When I'm talking about moves that came out of left field, this is probably the or right field, depending upon uh, or <laughs> <laughs> midfield or midfield or system. Um, yeah, I mean, it's been a full fullback exodus because not only yep. Arrow, but uh, Kamar Lawrence wasn't on that that training camp yep. roster either. So, and then and then the other guy, the the one that we haven't even yeah, seen right. play, you know, bet on himself and 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 not TFC. So, yeah, yeah, yeah I mean, we're we're. At least nobody's saying we need center backs anymore. Can we at least celebrate the yeah, fact that we're fair, sorted yeah. at center back? Yeah. Like we've taken care of, we've taken, yeah. we've slain that dragon. Yeah. Um, Kamar Lawrence is an interesting one. I mean, when when we signed him when under Armas, I was like, didn't they have a falling out at Red Bull? Like of all the people he's going to bring with him to TFC, why is it the guy that he had a public beef with? So, you know that that struck me as a as a weird deal and. You know, I don't want to speak for Mike saying, but but did he ever really settle in with the team? Really, um, you know, between all the international breaks, uh, being deputized at center back, uh, uh, the Armist to 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 have the situation, um, you know, I don't want to I don't want to paint him as a as a as a bad presence in the locker room because we've heard nothing about it. But but if we have to speculate as to why he wasn't re-signed. Or why he why he's no longer continuing with TFC, and again, this has not been confirmed yet. We're just going off the the, the roster announcement. Well, yeah, um, you, we have to, you have to you have to off field. Even mm. it didn't work out on field. I mean, yeah, <laughs> in yeah, any of the systems, yeah. and who knows what Bob Bradley like? Bob Bradley's clearly got some kind of plan here that doesn't fit the current <laughs> roster because that. <laughs> Let's hope. <laughs> well, yeah, that much is abundantly yeah. clear. Uh, mm. But uh, yeah, like on field, he just certainly didn't play up to to the standard that we would have thought of a player coming from a top Belgian side would uh, would bring. So um, yeah, it, it yeah. might just simply be down to that. There might be nothing to do with anything off the field. Personality-wise, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, yeah. The international thing is a good point. Like, that is that is tricky for a player to get settled. And then, especially during the COVID-19 pandemic, when there's so many international windows and also just all the craziness that has come with all the quarantines and different things, yeah. like, that's got to be stop-start as anything. Absolutely, absolutely. So, Oro, I mean, do you have any any theories, any any tinfoil hat theories as to as to why this transpired? I mean, the like the only thing that really makes sense to me right now is that they're they're just looking at a different system. 
um, and they're they might they might be doing a three center back and playing wing backs, which I think would make sense considering another bit of tidbit news that we'll talk about in a, in a second here. Um, but that that's the only thing that makes sense to me because I, I, I don't know. I think considering what Arrow never scored a goal for Toronto FC, he wasn't like the most amazing crosser of the ball. He was good, but like he was good. Yeah, but he but like I think there's other guys who are on the offensive side that Toronto FC already have could be better. That's the only thing that makes sense to me is that Toronto FC is trying out a new system here and Auro doesn't necessarily fit securely yeah. in that system. I mean, it's disappointing because he's been, you know, like forget about uh, the Tsubasa the Endos and the Nick DeLeons of the world. I mean, yeah. this guy has been so resolute for so long. Yeah. Just yeah. so solid. Um, you know, and, and forget about club that hasn't had nearly enough of those players. Exactly, exactly, and and we're not going to take him to task for that midfield experiment because, no, but but you know, I, I I'm inclined to agree with you. Bob has a plan. Um, you know, it, it. I guess he's of the mind that we don't need warm bodies. But while I'm looking at the roster, I'm, <laughs> I'm inclined to disagree. But I guess he's of the mind that that you know. Better, better to, and again, we don't know the specifics of the deal. I think the rumor is a loan move, um, because he's in the last year of his of his contract right yes. now. Yes, yeah, yeah. Okay, it's, uh, the rumor is loan to Santos in in Brazil. Yes, right. So, I guess it's just to get his. I mean, it's not to get his salary off the books because it's a loan move, mm-hmm. right? So, well, it would get like it still gets the salary off the books, but uh, right, right. But yeah, it's not like he's making a significant amount of money. It's what three hundred k, something like that. Like it's not a yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. It's not a prohibitive amount of money. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm grasping at straws here because I don't understand it. And, it, and, it well, and to be and to be fair, it, it kind of drives me crazy. Not as bad as Tej, but it yeah. certainly it certainly struck me as odd. Um, I think you categorize it in the same category as the Mark Delgado move, where these were two guys that we wouldn't have necessarily, you know, when we're when we're crossing out guys in the starting 11 or on the roster that that needed to leave the club in, in order for mm-hmm. there to be an overhaul these were two guys who certainly wouldn't have been on that list i think for either of us so that's that's yeah. what i think is makes it uh, all the more surprising is when you had so much that you needed to send out sending out two guys who it doesn't seem like needed to leave that's 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 what i think is is making it uh so tricky. But by your but by your suggestion, they don't belong anymore. There's no room for them in the well. In that's the, the only Bradley thing that, system. that would yeah. make sense. Yeah, is, is yeah. If they don't. Uh, they well, yeah. I, I, I think Mark Delgado is a player that works in almost any system. But <laughs> <laughs> but with Mark, but with Mark, it was about it was about getting maximum value for him because sure. you know the 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 LA the LA Galaxy is only going to come looking for him on mm-hmm. Max Tam once, right? And and yeah. maybe that was. So, but but with but with this loan move to Santos, it's like uh, I don't get it. I mean, I don't think we're going to understand this move until we start to see this roster and the play style take shape. So I, mm-hmm. I think it's fair to say right now, be upset because it makes uh, honestly no sense. And and maybe and maybe take a look in the mirror. You know, it's so easy for us to say, yeah, we have to get over 2017, even though we didn't play on the 2017 team. But we've got to yeah. you know we've got to move on from 2017. Um, and the reality is 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 moves like this where you're just like. You're in, you're, you're in, you're almost in a state of shock. You know, I think, mm-hmm. I think uh, Mike Newell said it best. Like, we're nobody expected it to happen this quickly because of the rules of a, of a rebuild, right? But we've been right. sitting on this rebuild for a bunch of seasons, mm-hmm. and Bob doesn't like to waste time. So maybe we should have been a bit more in expectation of this coming, right? Because oh. he's making the moves that we maybe should have done two years ago, three years yeah. ago, all at once. So 
it's a bit it's a bit bracing that's for damn sure you know and then you look at that at that roster and you're like what the hey but but a good a good segue before we get into uh uh Jesus uh Jimenez uh is yeah. go ahead oh, sorry. I did have a couple points that I wanted to make on this go ahead one thing, go ahead one thing that came to me as well is you know Bob Bradley does have experience with this his last project before this one was literally an expansion side so he this is a guy who's used to having a roster that just randomly comes together and fair. and very, very it into something very successful um mm-hmm. the other thing is that it's pretty abundantly clear at this point that he's been giving carte blanche to to operate here with his roster because this is in no way the way bill manning operates bill manning's all about consistency and keeping the same roster together in that same core together as much as possible and that yeah, is very yeah. much not what has happened this yeah season. bob has lit fire to that so so absolutely um my segue was going to be uh in reference to to wheels's quote which is the uh, correct me if i'm wrong but the first uh the first sort of explicit mention that we may be seeing shaffle fullback and jmr as fullback in, in a in a let's not even let's not even worry about formation but it would be a, a three four three um we've heard inklings of this i mean mike singh is, has given us inklings of this i'm excited i mm-hmm. think shaft might be a real interesting uh fullback uh, especially a modern attacking fullback mm-hmm. and i feel the same way about jmr on on the opposite side i wonder what your feelings are on that i think i'm even more excited about jmr because again this is a this is a player who most of his career has been kind of playing that attacking kind of um, winger role uh, for a lot of the teams. And that makes sense uh, at the youth level. And I, right. I, I think there might be a point uh, where he, where it makes sense at the senior level too. But the the thing that's always been amazing about Shaquille Marcharuti is the way he thinks the game and, and the way he is mature beyond his years in that capacity. And, you I know, having that, that defensive, defensive responsibility and, and being able to build out from the back as, as he would in this position is exactly really fits his talents very well, I think. And it doesn't put that same pressure on him to be the guy who finishes off these moves or or even plays that last pass, but he can play his role. And it, think about some of the moments, the best moments we've seen from Jaquil Marshall-Ruti. I agree. In a Toronto FC shirt, it's been combining with people on that right side. So if he's got of a course. really, really good attacker ahead of him, um, that he can combine with and and midfielder beside him, like I think that puts him in a massive position to succeed. And the same thing with Schaffelberg. I mean, yeah, that's going to be scary for a team when you've got Schaffelberg on the overlap running up behind, and uh, they've got to deal with that as well. And we saw how many strides he made in terms of his distribution yep, yep. this year and passing. Like, um, yeah, I think that that uh, that that's going to be a great experiment. And I, I I think that there's there's plenty of opportunity there. Yeah, offensively, I can see the advantage of having these speedy, speedy, speedy pace guys have a bit more runway on the flanks, right? Mm-hmm. Like to build attacks and to combine. My worry is 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 defensive responsibility, right? Like because mm-hmm. this seems to be a trend right now, like converting uh, wingers into into attacking fullbacks and and moving them a bit deeper on the pitch. Uh, are you concerned that they'll be able to handle the responsibility? I mean, these are these are young kids, so so obviously mm-hmm. their brains are sponges and and et cetera, et cetera. But you know, I've got to think that adding an entire facet to your game uh, that that defensive responsibility is 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 a huge ask. Well, that's why I'd imagine they'll be bringing in a veteran who can kind of play along that back line as well. So they'll have uh, they'll have one guy like that, and you see it with Canada, right? Like. Mm-hmm. You can afford to have one super, super attacking fullback if the other one's willing to tuck in and, and play in that back four. Uh, or right. like, in theory, again, 
this this is just us reading heavily into the yeah. tea leaves of what we think Bob Bradley will do based on <laughs> a very very skeleton roster and some of the some of the things we're hearing. So based on what we're imagining right now, that's probably going to start the season with a back three. Um, mm. Yeah, you see that with Canada, right? Like if you have one who's defensively responsible and can tuck in, the other one can just go yeah. crazy the, and do whatever the, the they Tejon, want. The Tejon yeah. Alster Johnson. Uh, exactly, yeah, perfect. perfect. But, but I mean, that would have been Oro. So once again, I'm left holding <laughs> holding this giant bag of confusion. Um, yeah. But it is but it is exciting. I mean, I, like more minutes for, for Schaff is mm-hmm. we've all been screaming for and everybody and their mother has been screaming for, for JMR to, to prove himself. I yeah. got to wonder, um, you know, switching JMR to a fullback, does that affect the interest of the clubs like Arsenal and, or sorry, that was Jaquiel, but, but mm-hmm. does that, you know, does that affect how, how he gets scouted? I mean, does that, does that basically reset who's looking for him and, and, and what numbers they're looking at? Maybe. I mean, it is an interesting one because I do think the, the modern wingback is in so much demand right now because they, they're such an important, uh, they're such an important um, part of everything. And I mean, you, you know, one of the, the teams that, that's been looking at him very heavily is Liverpool. And, you know, that's central to their that's, system is having this, their system. Their yep, yep. Their, their Robertson yeah, yeah. on those sides. So, um, yeah, if he can, if he can learn that role, I think honestly it, it ups his value a little bit just because. Very, I very. I think he's going to get more well opportunity said. in in that position. And again, I think it it leads to other facets of his game other than raw numbers, like raw goals and assists being being looked upon and being learned. So, yeah. So knowing knowing that we potentially got found two uh, outside backs, modern fullbacks uh, under the couch cushions, how worried? Like, does that change your opinion on 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 where TFC needs to go and what kind of players they need to sign? moving into two weeks from now? Um, yeah, I mean, I've always thought this, but in terms of defense, having someone who's flexible, who can play either a center back or fullback role, right? Like having a Greg Vanderveel or, or someone like that. Um, maybe that's a bad example. Considering how he turned or Kamar Lawrence, but, he, or, but he's gone yeah. now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fair. Um, yeah, I mean... You think they they want at least one or two of those that that can you fit think, into yeah. to that system? Um, in theory, this would mean less midfielders that they need to to bring in. Um, so they might be more solid in that position than we thought. But yeah, I mean, it's it's super interesting. Uh, again, it it's is so bare bones that it's hard to know what direction Bob's going in. This is just us reading with what we currently have and the current information yeah. we have. But we're not at training camp. No one's no one's there like this. It's nope. such a tricky time to talk about the Toronto FC roster. I guess we'll, we really won't know until opening day. No, we won't. We won't. And I mean, you segue perfectly into covering training camp from a distance, which unfortunately skips uh, our, our new forward. But yeah, I mean, we're getting a lot more uh, than we were the last two seasons, certainly. Um, you know, I, I can understand, certainly if you look at the at the media drop for the first uh preseason the first preseason window versus the one that they dropped the club dropped yesterday mm-hmm. um we're getting a lot more detail and we're and we're getting some live streams too so we can we can see some stuff i guess uh the first window they had to be a little bit more careful because there were so many trialists and the and the verdict was still out on seba etc 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 now that a few more things have been settled uh, we're going to get some more access. Mm-hmm. What do we think of, uh, of, is it Jesus or Jesus? Uh, is it Jimenez or Jimenez? <laughs> what, what, are, what are we doing here? Well, I'd imagine it's Spanish. So it's uh, like he is from Spain. So it's Jesus Jimenez, just 
based okay. on you know pr- pronunciation. Uh, no, nobody, nobody rules, messes yeah. with the Jesus. This isn't yeah, a Julio yeah. Cesar uh, situation, but I did want to quickly uh, because chat's been uh, chat's been asking us a lot about this. But uh, uh, Mike Mike tweeting from the press conference, Bob Bradley on the mm-hmm. Aroquar Lawrence situation. Quote: Their situations are up in the air. I'm not going to get into a lot of detail. When I first got here, I immediately got a sense when I got here that there are some guys in different places, guys who weren't as committed to the club. So uh, there's an interesting one there. Well, <laughs> I mean, I mean, when he first got there, I don't think anybody was committed to the club, yeah, right? Bradley, it was just, sorry. you know what I mean? So it was Michael so, Bradley and uh, yeah, and and no one exactly. Yeah. It was it was Michael Bradley in an empty yeah. locker room. So yeah, so but but again, you know, this is why we hired Bob Bradley. Right or wrong, the man's got opinions, you know. Yeah. So. So, uh, uh, it, it, you know, this is, this is par for the course. If, if Bob says no, this is, this is, this is the, this is the horse we bet on. Right. So mm-hmm. we got to go in gun as he hasn't even coached a, a game of competitive football for us yeah. yet. So let's give the man a chance yeah. <laughs> to establish, to establish his identity. Um, I mean, it's, it's okay to, to, to be a bit hurt about it, but, uh, you know, rolling around again, what, what do we know about this guy? He's, he's from the Polish first division. (laughs) I want to say, yeah, yeah. Polish first division. I mean, I think this is why we haven't gotten to this yet, even though it's a new signing and, uh, by all on a scale of, on a scale of one to Terrence Boyd, who is this guy? Well, I mean, his numbers, his his numbers, which is all I have to go on here because I've, mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know about you, but I'm not a regular watcher of the Polish. Uh, um, I tried, I tried the highlight reel, then the dubstep wob wob hit, and I had to, I had yeah, to turn yeah. it off. I just, I yeah. just couldn't. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Who's the Canadian? Chris Twardek. That was the Canadian that played in in that division yeah. for a while. So, um, if if there was ever a match I would have watched, it would have been him. But even then, I haven't, uh, <laughs> I haven't yeah, checked yeah. it out. But at any rate. Um, yeah, I mean, twenty-eight year old. He's a he's a winger striker, so you got some flexibility there in terms of uh, his ability up top. One hundred twenty-one matches with uh, his current club that I'm not going to try to pronounce. Don't, don't even bother. Yeah, 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 I don't yeah, want to offend yeah. the Polish community. And uh, twenty <laughs> thirty-seven goals during that time, so pretty productive for for a winger. Wait, what's the number? Uh, it's 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 how many how many games per goal? Twenty-one games, thirty-seven goals. So for, that for a winger, bad. that's that's not bad at all. So mm. I mean, it's by by all looks of things i mean it's trying to find a, a diamond in the rough it's a, it's not a traditional league that you'd you know that's gonna make headlines or anything like that but it's a player that's been very productive at a high level for a very long time and um you know it's a this could be a bob bradley special here where tron sees scouting staff bring in a, a player that's undervalued somewhere in the world and and get decent ability for him yeah, cheers. Will Dunn just said what I was what I was thinking, but I couldn't confirm it. Didn't someone check and he was more productive than than Adam Buxa was at the same age, or or equal to? I mean, I mean Buxa's, we're not as much younger though, isn't he? Uh, this guy's twenty eight. Buxa is. Yeah, I think he's older than than yeah. Buxa. So it's just interesting that you know we're replacing Josie with with a with a Polish guy, and he's probably going to yeah. be replacing a Polish guy on, on his new team. Uh, everything time time yeah, is a flat circle. And every... So okay, yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. So it's yeah. probably not a perfect comparison there, but still, I mean, yeah. Um... Taking chances on wingers, it's like a, it's like a TFC tradition, yeah. man. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. So I, I mean, to be fair, the bar the bar is very low for this guy. He could come yeah. in. And, uh, I guess the Piazzi and Benazze. There's been some okay wingers. Yeah, there. no. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I mean, uh, certainly it's a position that's never, never, ever worked out for Toronto FC so far. So, uh, <laughs> you know, they've, they've, they've got a, they've got a pretty good one coming though. So, <laughs> I yeah, don't think yeah, there's gonna be a yeah. lot of pressure on this guy to, uh, to deliver massively. So, you think he's a depth piece? Like he's not going to be leading the line? Yeah, I don't think he's he's going to be leading the line necessarily, um, but he does fit in nicely with the the Iowa Canola with all those other young guys, DeAndre Kerr that that have fit in. Yeah. He's another nice piece, and, and I like the flexibility as well, based on uh, again the the limited like transfer market profile of the player. That <laughs> <laughs> we're not we're not going to sit here and pretend we know a significant amount about this. No, guy. no. But once we see him in a live stream, we will both be experts on him, and oh, we'll be able to pronounce. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Just one yeah. live stream, and then and then we're going to yeah. go. Does that does that take us through TFC? I think I mean, so. It's yeah. amazing the amount of time we've talked about a roster that's that's five yeah. people at this moment. <laughs> exactly. Um let let's let's bring it home and 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 talk some talk some Canada national teams. Um I know you're excited about the uh the women's uh uh roster that dropped because uh one of one of your interviews, what what Darby issue was it? The most recent one or, or yeah, that was uh, issue one. I, I swear once a week I get yelled at because I get our name or like I've been calling it issue three, even though it's issue two. Um, I don't know why you started with issue zero, man. That was way too hipster. And now you're going yeah, to uh, suffer. Yeah. Blame yeah. Brian Abrams for that one. But, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah. But yeah, no, I think, uh, I think that, yeah, I mean, obviously, well, yeah, okay. So we're talking about the Canada women's roster. <laughs> yeah, off track there, but yeah, no, some interesting names in there. I mean, obviously Sinclair. Um, you know, our hearts massive, go out to her and yeah, her and her family. Yeah, this, yeah, yeah. Deepest and, condolences. Uh, yeah, I mean, just a massive credit to her and her mom for everything they've done for uh, multiple sclerosis research here in here in yeah. Canada, and and yeah, been huge in in that uh, in that capacity. All the money they've raised. So um, yeah, I mean. The, the mother of the greatest soccer player of all time and, and has yeah. used that platform for an incredible, incredible reason. Um, you know, it's a, there's a lot of exciting younger players in this roster. We're seeing a bit of the goalkeeper turnover. Devin Kerr yeah. was, was the name uh, you were pulling from the, from the Derby magazine who we called Canada's next keeper in the, in the issue nice. Obviously with, uh, with some player, Riley Foster, unfortunately, another person who our hearts go out to. Um, massive car accident playing for Liverpool, so it might right, be a while right. before she returns to that fold. So, an opportunity for for Devon to to show what she can do as as Canada transitions from Steph Labe, and you'd think in in some recent or some near future, Aaron McLeod will be out as well. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that honestly, that's one of the positions that I'm looking at uh, most. Yeah, yeah, I know you are. Is, is I know you are. Yeah. What do you think about this tournament? I mean, obviously, the the level of competition is is pretty high. Yeah. Um, uh, are you are you happy with with you know uh, the Canadian women's national team uh, heading off to England uh, for for this sort of round robin uh, uh, compet- competition? Yeah, I think so. I mean, you know they 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 need to keep themselves at that super high level right now. And and look, there's there's a lot going into this. Um, Obviously, the the Mexico camp was was not great for the national team. I don't think they they didn't have mm-hmm. the the best games and things were difficult. But I think this is a good a good opportunity to to continue to play at that high level and to to get that next generation. I mean, we're talking about Jordan Heidema, who's probably yeah, you got to blood them. significant yeah. minutes. Uh, Grosso, obviously, I mean, both of them have played significant time for Canada, but it's another opportunity to to keep getting them those those big games. So Canada's reps, been, yeah, Canada's 
was top of the world this past summer. You might as well keep playing like you are. So, so just to close out this one, what, what is a successful tournament for you? Um, I don't know if it's hugely results focused. I think, I think offensively, um, there's a lot of questions about this team. So if they can score a, a number of goals, I'll be very happy regardless of, of the Me results. Too. Me too. Um, and I think, yeah, it's just, it's more about the way they play building into obviously world cup qualifying that, that will really be, uh, what matters it, and everything yeah. after that. Is it fair to say that the, that the team under Bev still needs to find an attacking identity? Sure. I mean, what? How many goals did they score at the Olympics that were not, not a lot? Goals, not a lot. Not so, a lot. Um, but but it, I'm all. I, it always gives me pause, and I'm remiss to do it because we are talking about the Olympic champions, right? Yes, so yeah. to say that they and, don't yeah. have an identity feels a no, bit the, false. But yeah, yeah, they clearly do, yeah. and obviously their their backline based on that Olympic tournament as well yeah. is, is up there. Um, exactly for for best in the world. So you, you know you don't want to compromise all the work that they've done in that capacity because that's going to win you games and tournaments, and that's ultimately what matters. But yeah, yeah there's certainly yeah. work to be done on, on the offense, and that's why it's exciting that you know. There's some players that are going to be given opportunities here. Obviously, Chloe Lacassay is one of those those players that uh, I think a lot of yep. people are hoping will get more of an opportunity because she scores goals for fun in Portugal. So, yeah, isn't that isn't that Ryan, our friend friend of the pod, Ryan Lindsay's favorite uh, attacking prospect for the Canadian women's national team? Yeah, yeah, I think it I might be. So, yeah. I think it might be. Yeah. So I agree with you. I agree with you. I mean, I I think it's important to to blood some of these uh, attack minded players. And and just sort of get more cohesion in in, in strategies and uh, moving forward, so that mm-hmm. so that there it's it's less of a, a of, of all hands on deck kind of panic when whenever an attack happens with the Canadian women's national team. Um, can we can we get to the big dance? You wanna you wanna move on to the big dance right now? Sure. Yeah. Sorry, people just keep uh, messaging me about. Uh, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Let me know. I think Bradley's been good? saying, but uh, we can respect an announcement in regards to Josie Altor shortly. Um, okay so yeah there's uh there's that anyway yeah. um yeah Canadian where there's smoke there's fire i'd be i'd be very surprised if it isn't exactly what's been bandied around for the last oh yeah no absolutely yeah, yeah. yeah i don't yeah, think yeah. there's any surprise we'll, coming here. Uh, we'll find out Although, it's a seven-year know, yeah. guaranteed contract yeah, <laughs> yeah well, i mean mike dropped that that kind of spread yeah. earlier in the show that I, I thought was cut and dry so um well i mean uh, I, to be yeah. honest i suspected it right away because the yeah. impetus of that of that seba deal was they basically walked over with a big bag of money and they said listen uh we just lost our, our is he a striker i mean why they would hire seba to to be right. their starting striker is another thing altogether. But wh- whatever his position was, they lost a guy. He's out. They got to finish their season. Um, and I think in the calculus with TFC, they were like, you know, we're number two on the allocation order right now. There's a very good chance by the summer we'll be number one through no fault of our own. I mean, remember that one year where for, the, for whatever reason, we couldn't get rid of being number one on the allocation yeah. order. We kept selling it and yeah. it came and back to us. Not, like yeah. it didn't, yeah, it didn't want to leave. And we just yeah. had it forever. Um, it, it's amazing. We could sure, we sure as hell could have used that right now. But mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I feel like that that entered the calculus. Um, and uh, uh, you know, God, it's gonna it's gonna be such a fun season. Like mm-hmm. one of my favorite things about MLS is that you know we get the supporter shield, which is like the the attempt at the European style. Like, oh yeah, the season matters, and then we also get playoffs, right? Yeah. So this year we might be the champions when Insigne comes in the summer, but we're also going to have a relegation battle before the summer because there'll be like five guys on the squad. And, you know, you know, we'll, we'll out Seattle, Seattle, because as I said, I, I, I said on Twitter, you know, maybe 
maybe it'd be fun to punt until July and just try in Seattle. And somebody called me on it and said, yeah, but Seattle, were still good. You know, they, and they and they had a roster, right? Like we 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 don't have a roster, yeah. so we could out Seattle, Seattle. To be fair, that 2016 team was not good. When that's Seattle, this is team. true. This yeah. is true. Yeah. And let's not forget, we like it's not like we don't have Paws and Oso and and and, mm-hmm. and Akinola, you know, yeah. lining up at the at the beginning of the year. All right, let's get to the big dance. Let's let's do it because. Yeah. I mean, I mean, this is dreamland, buddy. I I, yeah. I have no frame of reference. This is dreamland. Like, if you had told me six months ago that we'd be having this conversation, I would have slapped you and said, don't play with my feelings like that. Like, can you believe it? I mean, no. wow. Yeah, I mean, wow. you mentioned calculus. And, and as Tag said earlier, Canada going down to Costa Rica, a win and they're in um, at this yep. point. Um, a draw, if Panama can't beat Honduras or the U.S. doesn't beat Mexico, they're going to the World Cup. A loss. If Panama can't beat Honduras and the United States lose to Mexico, they're they're in um, all these fairly possible scenarios. So I mean, it's it's literally just a matter of <laughs> a matter of time. A matter of time. I mean, yeah. They, yeah. they basically have that fourth. Like they don't officially have that fourth spot locked up, but Costa Rica would have to outscore them by, I think it's thirteen goals uh, yeah, over those yeah. three games. Like like, but I don't want the fourth spot. To, well, I don't no, want it. Don't. And they no. I mean, at this point, there's no reason to think they shouldn't want that first spot. Like, mm-hmm, they, have, mm-hmm. they have the U.S. and Mexico out of the way already. Um, those teams can't take points out of that. Like, there's no reason to let off the pedal right now. You go for you go for trying to be the invincibles of World Cup qualifying, yeah. which is absurd yeah. to say. It's, and, abs- and it's try absurd. Try and get that top spot, and because now, well, now there's the the carrot dangling of they could get into a better pot for World Cup qualifying. Which again, <laughs> the fact that is is mental. Hey, we're talking about not only Canada qualifying for a world cup, they might qualify in first, they might go undefeated. And now we're talking about what pot we want them to get into in the world cup. The other, so they can have a better draw. Like the, the yeah. other thing is, is that, is that most coaches, I think most coaches would err on the side of caution right now. Like we've got this in the bag. Maybe let's mm-hmm. not risk injuries. I don't yeah. think Herdman's that guy. No. I don't, I think Herdman's just like, let's, let's kick some more ass and just, you know, go into this screaming. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, that's, it's just it's just fantastic. You know, yeah. I I one a tweet that I put out that did a lot of numbers over the last week was uh and again, I wasn't reinventing the wheel. I was sort of just vocalizing what everybody's been saying. But what a blessing to have that insane run up to just get into the octo, you know? Yeah. I mean, and I, I mean it sucked when we were worried about Suriname, but looking back in retrospect, I mean, so much of this run in the in the octo is almost a direct consequence of, of all that team building and all that bonding and all those trips and, mm-hmm. and, you know, figuring out how to deal with Bayern Munich and with Lille, like when there wasn't qualification on the line, it, yeah. it just, it's such a good story. And, and, you know, I, I it's almost, I, I know we don't have to qualify for 2026, but can we just pretend we do because I want more, yeah. I want more games and, and, yeah, and, and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, like this is dreamland. It's absolute dreamland. You know, anybody that said they saw it coming is lying. Um, and and anybody that isn't just perpetually pitching, pinching themselves is also lying because, you know, mm-hmm. just just looking at it, looking at the table gives me such a dopamine hit. I'm, I mean, I'm sure it's it's entirely more for you because you've suffered through so much of this. But like the sky's the limit, man. And mm-hmm. and that's crazy. And And, you know. This team is so deadly on the counter and so deadly in transition. I don't care who they line up against. Like, you can't tell me that 
you know, Brazil isn't going to leave them space to to do a Canada. You can't tell mm-hmm. me that Germany isn't going to leave, isn't going to seed one or two moments in game action, you know, where we can pull a Canada. It's scary. You know, it's, it, it, it really is. We could do some serious damage in this world cup. And, and that's, that's just nutty bunny, man. That's, that's like, that's wow. <laughs> you know what there I mean? You go. Uh, Brad Humber saying that Canada's guaranteed top four. So, I mean, again, that's, that's not where they're going to yeah. be or where we want them to be. But yeah, and I don't want, I don't want four after this. No, I do not no, want a, a no, playoff. No, and with, and no those... chance. They end yeah. Up in four. No. <laughs> don't never, no. never say never. I, I no. hate jinxing, but all right. Know, all right. Like, you know, I mean, at this point, <laughs> just yeah. means you have to wear that, that beanie for the rest of your days, you know, yeah. <laughs> just, exactly. to, yeah. just to double down on the karma. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, what else can we say about about this team, about these personalities, about the next man up, about the brotherhood, about Borean sweatpants, about the <laughs> the crowd at at Tim Hortons Field? Yeah, I mean, what what else can we say about this? Like, it, mm-hmm. it's just it's dreamland. It really is. It's dream. You know, about Fonzie like introducing every middle aged Canadian soccer fan to Twitch. <laughs> you know, and now suddenly yeah. they're all on Twitch. Like the 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 runoff in this is 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 nuts. You know, the only thing I will say is, is I, I, I've given Nike and Kansok and Fanatics a whole lot of leeway. But when this refresh happens, if they don't have enough stock and if I can't buy an Anthem jacket, yeah. I will riot. All right. Like there, like you have to know that there's demand now. Mm-hmm. I want to see a full court press. Right. This isn't a situation. Scoop, <laughs> well, this isn't a situation yeah. where people are going to complain like they are with the Lululemon mittens, you know, like mm-hmm. the Hudson Bay ones were six dollars and the Lululemon ones are sixty five dollars. Like yeah, what people happened? Will pay, people but... will just be like, give me the mittens. Yeah. I don't care. Like, yeah. take my money. So. Um, you know, to leave that, to leave that kind of cash on the table. Um, I want to see five documentaries about this team. Like if there wasn't a camera crew following them around to Suriname and stuff like that, I, I, I'm desperate for an all or nothing cans Canadian men's national team. So that, Mm. that better be happening. Um, anything else, Mitch? I mean, it, you know, we're going to be, we're going to be talking about this a lot because six weeks is never going to seem longer ever than, than it will to get to the next. Yeah. next qualifying window yeah know? no i think uh, i think that pretty much sums it up i think we're just giddy yeah. at this point about any time yeah, we just, talk about the canadian men's giddy. national team it's just yeah crazy giddy exciting, crazy yeah. crazy giddy yeah. another thing that we're giddy about which brings us to the end of our rundown is Amazing. justin yeah. morrow and his and his new his new position with the front office i think uh uh did you catch when uh when Brooklyn Fell tweeted that she no longer has to worry about accidentally framing his desk behind her in any of her <laughs> Zoom chats and 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 giving the whole the whole thing away. <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. So, what did he take uh, uh, Jason Hernandez's job, or are they like splitting the duties now, or or what exactly is he doing for the team? That I don't know about. Uh, I can just tell okay. you directly what his role is with the club, and obviously he hinted mm-hmm. at this uh, weeks ago when he was on our show and. You know, he sure did about a week ago, but it still deserves a still certainly deserves mention considering what Morrow's done for the club and what now he will continue to do for the club uh, yeah. as the technical development manager, um, which means uh, he's going to TDM. Work, yeah, TDM. Yeah, he's going to work. Yeah, there were so many short forms in that uh, press, <laughs> <laughs> press guide, but anyway, yeah, uh, he'll assist with the pathway of development uh, between the academy, Toronto FC two, um, and the first team. 
uh, and as well as that, uh, which I think obviously is an important part of this role as well, and something that we wanted to see JMO do is uh, yeah. lead the equity and diversity and inclusion efforts uh, in collaboration which, with MLC. So un- I mean, unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, it's it's a perfect role for JMO, I think, and and obviously. We talk about this all the time, but the importance of keeping good guys like that around the club um, in, yeah. in capacity and just around Canadian soccer in general. Absolutely. Uh, so, so James couldn't be happier. Guys. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, really, really couldn't be happier. Mm-hmm. Uh, before we wrap, we got a question here. Sure. And what's happening with the rights to broadcast games and will one soccer still have them? Is this is this with respect to the Canadian men's national team? I mean, they've got them until World Cup through World yeah. Cup, right? Like that yeah. was. That was the deal. So mm-hmm. yeah, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't expect uh, uh, one soccer to to not be playing uh, Canadian men's, women's, uh, national team games uh, for for the rest of most of our mm-hmm. lifetimes. At this point, uh, it's a done deal. Um, it's a great service, and it's only getting it's only getting more uh, more more better. Um, yeah. So yeah, <laughs> to answer to answer your question there, <laughs> more better. Yeah. Um, I think that I think that's it, Mitchell. Yeah, that is it. Uh Brad Humber just clarifying that Jason Hernandez is the assistant general manager, player personnel, engagement and strategy. Whereas now so the a gum pupus. Nice. He's the agumpapus. Nice. He's the assistant to the assistant to the assistant general manager of assistant general manager. Just just for funsies. Um well it's that's a good thing. That's a good thing that 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 JMO didn't scoop Jason Hernandez's job. Um also you joked about that on the show, didn't you? I did. I did. And he didn't he didn't confirm or deny it either. So I low-key legit thought that he might actually be doing that and that I had I had blown it all wide open. So it's nice to nice to know that I didn't and that everybody's happy and, and employ. Um uh, Brad is saying Fox in the States uses their own guys. I wish I wish there was context to this. Oh, the TV deal. Their broadcast commentators are use the world feed. What are we talking about here in, in the World Cup? Um, that's that's an interesting question. Um, oh, boy. I feel like there's a can I, of I worms. Mean, that we... <laughs> yeah, it's a huge can of yeah, worms. We don't need uh, to open here. Well, we'll get there. Uh, I mean, Brad, Brad, if we use the Fox guys, uh, you would have to pay them in Canadian dollars because you're, you're using your, your simulcasting. So uh, I imagine TSN would have its own commentating. Uh, but if they're using one soccer's feed, then, you know, one soccer kind of has the, has the, uh, the ability to kind of dictate who's doing, who's doing the play by play. So I would, I would imagine it's going to be worked out. Somebody will be calling games who it is. Nobody knows. It could, it could be Mitch. It could be me. Who knows? Who knows? It's uh, I mean, We've only got a couple months to figure it out. We can put my number on the screen here if anyone wants. <laughs> Please don't do that. Um, that uh, that brings us to that the take, end. Of that our wraps show, us though. up. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Thank you uh, so much to Tagua for joining us. You're getting the uh, outro ready there, Jeff. Uh, yeah, and, yeah. Uh, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> and thanks to thanks to all of you for listening. Uh, we really do appreciate all the reviews and people reaching there's out. There's been lately. some good ones. Yeah, there's been yeah. some really nice things uh, written uh, and. Uh, Neither Jeff or Mike are claiming that they did it, so uh, I think they might actually be real reviews. So we really do. Uh, no, I, there's a review. There's actually a review by me from when I wasn't on the show, and it was just yeah. you that they haven't taken down, which is which is pretty amazing that I'm like yeah. giving a five star review to my own show. But uh, there, there you go. Yeah, but it turns out the other ones aren't from us, so they are from genuine people, and we we really mm-hmm. do appreciate that. Uh, yeah, I believe we're we're building something special here and continue to with the, this community, and we. 
appreciate all the comments as well. Most of the comments. Um, we read them all and uh, they do help us guide our show as you've seen today and with every episode. So um, it's always great. Keep to, them coming. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So I'm Mitchell Tierney on behalf of Jeffrey P. Nesker and Michael Singh. Till next Tuesday. Uh-huh.